Bonjour, watchez, quoi, everyone. Welcome to the second episode on the In Between People podcast. James McCocus and Anthony Johnson are special guests on today's episode. We recorded our conversations back in March during an online workshop where Nijayak Alliance collaborated with the Ontario First Nation Young People's Council. We discussed a variety of topics, including gender teachings, trans health, two-spirit teachings, and mental health during COVID. James McCocus is a two-spirit doctor from the Saddle Cree Nation in Treaty 6 territory. Anthony Johnson is Navajo Diné and was raised on the Navajo Nation. They both appeared and won The Amazing Race Canada Season 7. Their team name was Akameyamok, which means don't give up, keep going, use whatever you have to get something done. They continue to be a source of hope for many two-spirit LGBTQ plus First Nation youth across Canada, and we are very appreciative of their participation in our podcast. Shout out to Jeremiah Otis for creating our intro song called Cree Anthem. Thank you guys so much for sharing your stories. They they were absolutely beautiful, and and um, I hope that everyone here today takes something from the session. Um, just to get started in the podcast portion, so we we wanted to take away something from this session today, and we're going to be doing that um, by having a conversation with Anthony and with with Doctor Makokis. So um, I know that some of the questions I have here are kind of like going over some of the stuff that you guys had said in your presentations. But um, I did want to have this information available for people that were unable to come today. And um, so let's get started. <laughs> um, one of the first questions. Okay. Wait, can we, can we just like, first of all, acknowledge that it's your first podcast ever? It is. I mean, we have some stuff. We have some stuff um, recorded, but I'm I'm really looking forward to this. This is awesome. Thank you guys so much for being here. Like, I I am super super grateful. Um. So one of the first questions that we have listed here is, what can we do to support our youth who identify as part of the two spirit LGBTQ community? You go. <laughs> okay, I'll go. Well, thank you so much for the question. I think the first thing is to always remember that every, you know, every child, every youth, every two-spirit person um, is unique and has a space within our nations and that you're absolutely perfect the way that you are, you know, and Creator sent you here to have an amazing experience and that oftentimes you come to like teach people about things that they don't know. And sometimes it can be scary for people to, um, you know, to come upon something like that because, you know, when we think about our, our elders and knowledge holders, they don't know those things and we know certain things as well. So it's important to acknowledge the value that you have, the unique experiences that only you have that you're able to teach other people. 
about those things. And I think that's the beauty of being a two-spirit person is that um, we do get to share, you know, we do know a little bit about being what it's like to be more female or male or like a blend of all of those things. And we embrace that as part of who we are. And I think two-spirit people are some of the most fierce, amazing, like warrior, warrioresses folks around. And um, by having, you know, us in our communities and our lives that it makes things so much more colorful and fun. Yeah, I would just say that the number one thing is like, you have to love yourself first. You know, if you're not totally okay with yourself, that doesn't mean you can't help others. But like, if a little kid sees you just being like, yeah, I'm so cool. I'm like doing a podcast in my sunglasses, like no big deal. You know what I mean? Like, they're gonna see that. And they're gonna be like, wow, like, I want to be like that person, you know what I mean? Like, I want to be like Matthew, like he he's really cool. Or like, you know, I really like the way Jordan dresses or, you know, I really like that Kyra like started, you know, this, you know, trash picking up campaign or whatever, you know what I mean? Like they see you doing cool stuff. And like one of the things that um, occurred for us, we had, we had a two-spirit gathering at our house and one person said, you know, being two spirit means double the work. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They're like, two spirits, double the work. And we're like, oh my gosh, that's so true. She's like, you know, I got to babysit and I got to cook. Like I got to mow the lawn and I got to sew skirts. Like it was like, you know, that moment in Selena when he's like, you got to be Mexican and you got to be American, you know? And so I think that like thinking about the youth is to think about our whole society, you know what I mean? Because there are people out there who are still like, no, you're wrong. Like, you're disgusting or whatever. And you're like, no, actually, you're wrong. I'm amazing. And I have a fabulous life. And like, what are you doing to help young people? You know what I mean? And so that's where that love comes in. But you have to take care of yourself because it can be a lot of work. It can be grueling. But that's why you have to do things like, you know, the Montana Two-Spirit Gathering. Like all of us are kind of out throughout the or year. Or they want to have their own. Yeah, like that, that's what I was going to say though. But then you get together and you, you know, kiki and have a good time. <laughs> and then you go back out in the world and do what you need to do. And that's how you keep it moving. And that's how you build it and grow it. And that they're not alone. Like, look at all of you here, you know, and across the country. And there's so many of us that when we connect with each other, like amazing things can happen. Like your first podcast. For sure. Thank you so much for the answers. Um, I just want to point out that I'm not always this cool and <laughs> like my sunglasses are just on my face because my glasses broke and I wasn't able to get some uh, emergency glasses before this. So this is the only way I can see right now. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> the next question that I have here is why is gender affirmation important? Yeah, so I think this is something, you know, if I reflect on my own life, um, I was often gendered as like a, a little girl or like, you know, people would refer to me as like she because the way that I talked or whatever, like all those sorts of things. And it was so embarrassing for me because like I knew that I was different and I'm like, oh my, I just want to be like the other little boys and like for people to recognize me as that. And so it was something that I really struggled with um, growing up. And so I, I know what it feels like to be, you know, misgendered, but not, um, not, I guess, I guess I know what it feels like to be misgendered and how difficult it can be. And then when I got older, I was like, I don't give a, you know, I don't care what people think of me. I don't care 
if they think that I, you know, I have long hair, I have like a round, you know, feminine face or whatever. Like it just, I don't care. And I'm at the point in my life where that doesn't matter. That's when Candy was born. <laughs> she was emerged. That's when Candy emerged from the darkness. <laughs> um, but, you know, gender is so important to recognize for people because if we think about COVID now, you know, we all have to wear masks and it's so uncomfortable. It's like hot and sweaty and we get acne and we can't breathe. And that's what it's like for people who, who like their gender doesn't match. Um, I guess their anatomy doesn't match how they feel inside as their gender, right? Um, so if they're like trans or non-binary and those sorts of things and people are misgendering them all the time, you know, with their language saying, hey, sir, hey, ma'am, like all of these different things. Um, and it can be very exhausting, you know, just how it's exhausting for us to wear those masks all the time. And so we can make it easier for people by just, you know, referring that to them how they wanna be referred, like what their pronouns are, what their names are that they use by using gender neutral language, you know, by having pronouns and assuming that everybody is gender diverse and you know, asking people, you know, oh, excuse me, like, what are your pronouns? Um, and making that a normal part of our conversation. And I think that would be beautiful to have when we go to our nations and ceremonies, that this is just a normal part of that. Because in our language, there is no gender, right? Like in the Cree language, there's like, you know, Nia, me, Kia, you, we, them, we, wow, like there's no gender in, in that. And that's when we think about our fluid language speakers, they often mix that up, right? Like they'd often call, you know, Anthony, she, or like me, she, or like someone who's um, female identified him, right? Like that's what my dad used to do all the time. And I was like, why are you doing that? You know, but now that I understand about our languages, um, there's no gender in the language, which is beautiful too. I think the affirmation conversation, like, um, you know, I think about the first time I came out to somebody, I was 15 and I was coming, was on a school trip and there was this uh, young lady, young woman, her name was Lisi Ramirez. And she was like, so beautiful, like the most beautiful girl in our school. Everyone wanted to be friends with her. She was literally like the homecoming queen and she was one of my best friends and I was always like oh my god I can't believe I get to be friends with Lisi because like she's so cool and I'm like a weird nerd you know and um and I came out to her on the bus and I was like Lisi like I want to tell you something like you can't tell anyone and she was like what and I was like girl I'm gay she was like what I was like I'm gay she's like you're gay she's like that's cool my uncle Rudy's gay and she was talking so loud and I was like shut up like we're on the bus like what are you doing but that moment of her saying like you know what that's cool like you're okay like I told like that's no big deal that's the power of affirmation is that the person suddenly has, you know, as much as, you know, outside, you know, uh, uh, acknowledgement doesn't matter because you can be whoever you want, feel you, you do you, like, it just, it adds that little, like, yes, like, I can go out and do whatever I want. And so affirming someone's gender in the way that they're choosing to present or not choosing to present is just like, it's a cool way for you to be like, hey, what's up? Like, yeah, you're cool. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Let's go get a coffee. You know what I mean? It's no big deal. And it just allows that person's spirit to soar because suddenly it's like, I can be who I want to be and it doesn't matter. And I have someone who loves me and supports me. That's awesome. Thank you for that. So the next question, it's kind of like a follow-up in trans. It's going to be about transgender healthcare. 
So I guess this is directed towards James. Um, what kind of cultural practices do you include in transgender healthcare, if any? Yeah, so uh, thank you for the important question. What I notice for our people um, who have trans relatives in their families is oftentimes, you know, they are, they're scared because they don't know that, you know, what's going to happen and like all those sorts of things and the uncertainty that, that goes around that. So the first thing that I always tell people and family and parents is like, what a blessing that you have a trans child who chose you as a parent and that you're here supporting them. This is like the number one best thing that you can do for your child is come here and support them and love them. And that's going to keep them safe. So congratulations and thank you for doing that. And just acknowledging and accepting that it is a gift, you know, and I think we learn so much from our trans and two-spirit and gender diverse relatives. You know, it's so important because then it's it gets rid of the whole like, oh my God, something's wrong with my child or I did something wrong. You know, the things that my my parents kind of went through um, as well, like what did we do wrong? Or my dad, because he went to residential school, right? And they, they were taught about these things as it's being bad. And then it was only after some of my relatives who were like, no, like we've always had these teachings and it's it's fine. And he felt such a sense of relief. And so since then, like for the past 20 some years, we've been working to understand these teachings. And, um, you know, as I talked about in the presentation, um, we need to make our ceremony safer uh, and inclusive for our two-spirit and trans relatives. And for us, like the work that we're doing is really um, creating two-spirit and trans rites of passage so that our young people can also go through, you know, um, their fasting protocols and like all of those things and making it um, safe for them as two-spirit and trans youth. So that's, that's the work that we're doing. Um, and it's probably going to take course over a year, over the seasons of having like a week camp um, during each of the seasons and doing teachings um, and having people make um, items that build their own bundles. And at the end of that year that they'll be able to participate in their own fasting ceremony as their rites of passage. And then it teaches their family as well. And it builds a network of community and safety across the province and across the country. So that's what we're working towards. I would also just add that, like, going to sweats, like, drinking medicine teas, you know, eating traditional foods, those are all medicines that you can use, and it's, like, non-gender specific, right? Like, there's basic things that anybody can do. And I think, the, so, the last part of that is... One more thing. <laughs> is, uh, you know, a lot of times that I notice in our nations and communities is there's a huge misunderstanding about when young people can transition and people often think they have to wait till they're 18. Um, and that's not the case because like the longer that we wait, the more someone's body changes and develops into something that perhaps they don't feel. And it's actually harder to, you know, um, to deal with those physical changes. And so it's reminding people that, you know, as soon as they start puberty, we can you know, use medicines that are reversible to like stop that from happening and gives us a chance to figure things out, which is okay. And then we can also continue, the, um, you know, the cross-gender hormone therapy if that's indicated um, after that too. And, and that they don't have to wait till they're 18. Cause I see a lot of people um, who have a misunderstanding about that. And so just reminding them that that, that doesn't have to happen. Hey, I have a question. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, so I recently started like um, hand drumming and stuff like that. Um, Nichi did like um, a hand drumming workshop a few years ago, but you know some stuff happened and we were like kind of disconnected from our hand drums. But anyways, as I'm reconnecting with my hand drum, like um, I was wondering too, like, is there two spirit songs like hand hand drum songs or the big drum song, and is it okay for two spirit people to form their own drum group? Yeah, did you want to go or did you want me to go? I'm like, there is a two spirit song. I was born this way, hey, and I ain't it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're, I think that's where we're at in our own journey as we're reconnecting. Because I thought two spirit was always like a magical gift, kind of like, you know, Harry Potter discovers he can like talk to Voldemort, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's what I thought being two spirit was, is that there was some spiritual thing. And it is definitely that. I mean, it's not like Voldemort, Harry Potter, but there is a spiritual component to it. And the thing is that because a lot of it was like really systematically erased, we're rediscovering it. And so those songs that maybe did exist, we're refinding them. And that's where we're at in our journey is to reconnect with those. And like, if you want to make a two-spirit drum group, like, yeah, totally do it. Like his dream, like literally his dream in life is to go to a Sundance with a group of two-spirit people and sit at the drum and all sing together and have everyone dance in the circle wherever they want to dance at. Like, that's literally one of his dreams in life. And so if you want to, like, help make that happen, I'm sure he would be so excited for it. <laughs> I mean, that would just be cool um, to see that. Yeah, and, I, you know, there are... Um we've been shown a couple two spirit songs like related to Kiswe Gonswo, that being that I was talking about, but I forget it. I haven't like learned them yet and have, they haven't been able to stick. Um, in terms of like the two, the drumming, this is where I think there's teachings around um, how as two spirit people, we do have to remind our um, heterosexual cisgendered relatives that there are blurring of us in between people that like when Anthony and I are at ceremony, we'll be in Oscapios, like helping put up the lodge chop wood, but then we'll go in the kitchen and also help the woman like cook and do all the stuff that needs, like we'll literally do all those jobs. And it's the same thing as, um, you know, singing too. And there's a lot of gender teachings around the drum in particular, that, you know, um, female identified people are not supposed to be using the drum and those sorts of things. But we have to remember those teachings about those warrior women, those warrior people who did all of their own things without, you know, men, you know, and this is where we have, um, you know, women's sweats and women's like pipes and all of these things that our male um, elders often forget and marginalize decolonizing ceremony in our own home and the people that come to our home is if you want to do that, if you want to use that, go ahead. Like, you know, the women are the ones that start the heartbeat, um, which is like, you know, the point of the drum. And if you feel like that's okay, and you feel good doing that, then why would we stop somebody from doing that? Now, those are different conversations that some elders might not be open to having. And that's why it's important to have um, elder allies 
to be to stand with you to help do these sorts of things. And this is where the true work of being a two-spirit person in our community lies, because we often have to unravel and untangle those cobwebs of colonization, which are like very heavily gendered teachings. And um, so I, I hope that answers your question in that way. In terms of like some of the songs, I know that when we're out in ceremony like fasting, a lot of these songs just come and you know it might be a two-spirit song and for you to be able to remember those things i think is helping to bring back some of that knowledge as well yeah the other thing too to remember is that like you know new songs are made up all the time like there are people who their gift is song composing and if that's something that you're passionate about like you know, we're always taught that if you want to bring something like that into life, you go about the proper protocols, like, you know, which in Cree culture would be like, you know, presenting tobacco, giving a gift, maybe going to a sweat, like whatever that person says is the protocol. But like we were gifted, you know, an MMIW song that somebody composed and he's like a very well-known singer. And so, you know, just because it doesn't exist doesn't mean it won't exist you can figure out how to create it on your own and be the person who carries that song and gives it to other people and, you know, revives that element of culture that maybe isn't as strong as it used to be. Well, we have been to two-spirit gatherings where there have been two-spirit songs, like from different nations, um, like the Sioux Nation and like some of the Southern American nations and things like that. So in different nations, they definitely do have those. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask um how, how important is our indigenous queer artists in the future like going forward in time how important are queer artists, yeah, indigenous queer queer artists, queer artists. so important <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i mean i'm an artist i'm a photographer i do painting oh wait did you say non-indigenous queer indigenous artists queer. oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> got it Ugh, I hate them because they're so much cooler than me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, it's so important. I think art is, it's an expression of your inner thoughts and feelings and it moves the conversation forward. Like if Madonna never had, you know, two guys making out in a documentary, like she never would have been banned from the Catholic church and like we wouldn't have Lady Gaga maybe, you know what I mean? Like there's a chain of reaction, but it's so important to express yourself and to have that component of your identity represented in the indigenous art world. You know, there are people like Jeremy Dutcher, who is a two-spirit artist, who says that we're in the middle of an indigenous renaissance. Like there's so much art, there's so much creation. You know, there's uh, Quanah Napoleon, there's like me with my skirts on the amazing race. <laughs> like there's so many queer people out there that like sometimes we're the only ones who can have the difficult conversations because we just, we live difficult lives, you know? So it's like, we're willing to go there. We're willing to be vulnerable. We're willing to express ourselves. And that's the beauty of being us. And that's the power of art as well is that it can create discourse. It can create a, a conversation change. And of course, young indigenous queer artists are important. And I think, so like, I'm not artistic. I mean, I think we're all artistic in our own ways, but I'm very, I'm very like science-based and linear thinking and, you know, that sort of stuff. But Anthony is like an artist. And um, one of the things that I appreciate 
is that when we're in ceremonies together or like different spaces, he'll like draw things out for me. And I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly like you're capturing it exactly, whether it's like at a talk or whether like his, you know, spiritual experience that he's having um, in whatever ceremony and he'll like draw it out. I'm like, that's what I saw too. Or, you know, like that's exactly what I was thinking. And it helps to uh, visualize and put into paper and perspective um, a lot of the things that he's able to see. Because I think as two-spirit people, we are connected differently to spirit than other folks. And maybe that's in a more open way that we're able to have that connection, but then he'll draw it out. So I think they're so important. And, you know, Louis Riel, um, you know, said that about the Apitagustanak, the Métis people as well, right? Like the importance and role of artists that are, you know, their people will sleep for a hundred years and it'll be the artists that will um, spark the spirit again to come back alive. Yeah. That's actually one of the things that I did when I was on my, remember how I talked about a journey of discovery, like going on that journey? Like I have a journal of just all the different spiritual experiences that I had and I would write about them and I would draw what I experienced and what I felt. And like, I look back on it to this day and it helps me remember what I went through. It helps me have clarity. And so that, that's part of the beauty of art as well as it's a record, you know, like it's a record of something that happened that you can refer to. And it's a tool that you can use, even if you never share it with other people, if you at least create it, there's something that you can look on to say this experience was real. And like, I saw that and it was real. And you can like, look at the, like when I draw stuff, sometimes you look at it and you're like, oh, I don't want to look at it because it's too real. You know what I mean? Like that's the power of art and creation. And on the Amazing Race Canada, what he would do at the end of each leg is like draw a cartoon of like all the things that happened because you'd have to remember in the last challenge, like there's always a memory challenge. So because he draw these, drew these amazing cartoons, it helped us to be able to memorize and like, you know, get through that last challenge super quick. <laughs> Miigwech for your guys' insights. I do have one last question from the group that um, my coworker Leslie has uh, posed. Um, so the question is, can you explain why we two-spirit people feel masculine and feminine? Example, sometimes feel more masculine, less feminine, and then the next moment you feel more feminine and less masculine. <laughs> Figure it out and let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I think this is something that um, I've watched Anthony evolve and change about that where like, you know, when I went to Brooklyn to go meet him, like I had, um, I had just come back from Newfoundland and I had done this talk and I was like, okay, I'm going to like straighten my hair. So that's like, you know, blowing in the wind when I get off of the subway and he comes to meet me and I'll like turn and the wind will catch it. First of all, I love that he thought that like subway wind would be so romantic. <laughs> Like just some like funky wind coming out of the subway, like, ooh, like <laughs> looking super native. And then like he, he was at this point in his life where he is like living in Brooklyn and, you know, he's like this really masculine guy with like a nose piercing and like, you know, short hair and like, you know, super cool. And then he comes off and like, I'm, you know, like super femme, like not his type at all. And, um, and it was, I think, kind of jarring for him. But like, for whatever reason, we stuck and <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you just putting our like innermost 
like conflict on blast. <laughs> no, it's not a conflict, but um, and so now like I I've seen, go ahead like come be with the guys and like, like be comfortable you know and it was so liberating for him to be able to do that because he's wanted to do that for so long we're like we don't care like doesn't matter to us you know be who you are and I think that's one of the beauty that beautiful things that we can do for each other I think I think the question really depends on how your perspective of life is like what you believe the essence of life is and for me I do believe that I'm a spirit inhabiting a body like I'm not just like biological matter existing with like electrical impulses there's like a spirit inside of me and you know when you start when when you're a young person you start admitting to yourself that you're different like you just automatically you're different than everyone right so what does it matter if you're like a boy or a girl like if you're supposed to feel some way and i think with people who are not too spirit society so conforms them to being like a man doesn't cry like there's some men to this day who like they won't cry because they truly believe that men aren't supposed to cry like there are some women who will not like fix their own car or change a wheel because they believe that that's what a man is supposed to do or that they're incapable or whatever. I don't even understand sometimes. But I think that like, you know, when you're a person who has to admit that you're different, you're just willing to go into humanity and your body and feel things and experience things in a different way because we're automatically not bound by the rules, right? Because we don't have to be some macho straight guy. We don't have to be you know, some childbearing feminine goddess. Like, if that's what you want to be, do it. Like, totally do it if that's what you feel is right for you. And so why does it oscillate? I just think it's because our spirits and our body, they're just, they're willing to go there. They're willing to go. It's like, you know, your spirit's inside this, like, you know, a balloon, and they're just willing to keep pressing the walls to see what they can feel. And sometimes that looks femme, and sometimes that looks mask. And sometimes it looks like an alien, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think that if you have that perception, then that explains for why are we willing, you know, to do that, or why are we like that? It's like, because our spirits are willing to go there, and we're willing to live in that space. And I think you know the last part of that is it's been cool doing these talks together because I've get got to learn what Dene people or Navajo people their beliefs and philosophies as well. And I would talk to you about that Gisque Gansquil. Um, is an intersex being, right? And that's one of like, it's a balance of male and female. And we have that in our teachings. And it's the same thing in Anthony's belief as like Dene or Navajo people. Is it Astan Nadle? Yeah, is also an intersex being, which is like, you know, again, that balance of male and female. And we have that in our nations and teachings. And I think probably all of the nations have some variation of that, which teaches us about gender balance. Does anyone else have any questions for them? I think there may be, I think there may be one question is that, I'm not sure how to say your name, Kyra or Kira. It looks like she's running somewhere and may have given us a one second. <laughs> is that Tupac? <laughs> <laughs> Biggie. No, is it Biggie? Oh, bad mistake. <laughs> I knew it was someone from the 90s, so that's, 
I get some points. <laughs> so while we're waiting for Kyra's question, I guess I could I could ask one more question. Um, do you guys have any advice for youth in transition? Any transgender youth that are considering or in the midst of transition? Do you have any advice for them? Um, oh, this is such a big question. It's something that I deal with all the time. You should have started the so, podcast with this question. <laughs> so I think, you know, puberty, you're going to go through puberty again. It's going to be like fun and exciting. And like, you know, your voice is going to change if you're on testosterone and you're going to start growing breasts if you're, you know, on estrogen. And like all of these changes are going to be exciting. Um, and at the same time, you have to remember to like look after yourself, right? You have to remember to look after your, your physical body, your spiritual body, and to have friends and family that are going to love you and nurture you and affirm you. And if you want to go get a dress or if you want to go get like, you know, the cool pants or whatever that they'll support you as you're growing into who you are and just to remember that like you're an awesome amazing beautiful person and you're going to grow into this even more awesome amazing person that is going to come and like just be a freaking fierce rainbow warrior so like I am so excited every time you know I get to help one of our young two-spirit trans people because I get to see them on their journey of development. And um, it's important to hang around people that are like really positive and uplifting. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. Kyra, you can ask your question now. Okay, sorry about that, but I just wanted to ask how was the amazing race? I was watching every episode with my parents I was cheering you guys on and I was so happy when you guys won. So I just wanted to know how it was. <laughs> We're just waiting for the winner's edition. Like when can COVID be over? We can like, you know, go back and win it again, maybe. Um, I, I think it's like one of the most incredible experiences um, I've ever had in my life and to be able to do it with my partner you know one of the worries was like okay this could either be really bad and we can get divorced or um, it can make us stronger as a couple and I think that's what it did and it really tested us and challenged us but I got to see you know how all the reasons why I selected Anthony as a husband, like, you know, he's brilliant and like, you know, problem solving and funny and like can can do anything he puts his mind to it, um, which was so important for us because he saved us so many times and I got to see that in action, um, you know, on a, Say more. <laughs> on like a, a national TV show and to see his brilliance in it. Like, I was like, Oh my God, like, that's my husband. I love him. Like, you know, and we just hoped we had many goals along the way. Um, and we wanted to bring these messages forward. And after that, we were finally able to like fun, play, like, like have fun and play the game. And there was so many times along the way where it was literally creator or spirit that helped us, you know, like, there's, we shouldn't have, you know, uh, we should have got kicked out in Nanaimo with digging clams, but 
you know, Anthony guessed the thing because I'd gone to school there before and we didn't have to do that challenge. You know, that was totally creator. Or um, when we when we got into the semifinals, there was like 14 eagles like flying above us, like in Nova Scotia. Like he was all, all of creation aligned for us to win today. I'm like, uh, calm down. Like, John, John was like, there's just eagles okay. there. Like, take a chill pill. <laughs> like, but there was all these little steps and it was like, wow, like creators really watching out for us help, you know, thank you. Um, so it was, you know, a, a spiritual experience too. And it was fun seeing our own people along the way, because obviously when you're coming through with a crew of like, you know, racers and the camera people and the sound, like people know like what's going on. And then they saw us, they're like, oh my God, like there's a couple of native guys on it, you know? And it was cool to see their excitement because it gave us an idea of what it would be like when the show came out, which is what we wanted to make people proud and happy. Yeah, it was awesome. That's all I got to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, it was really amazing. And there's just so many different facets to it because there's like the personal aspect, which like, you know, first of all, it's like, imagine if you have like the biggest exam for school that you didn't study for and you had like five minutes to study, you'd be like, oh, like you'd be freaking out. Like that was just the whole experience of stress while we were on the race. Um, but then there were like so many incredible moments. Like we have a lot of new friendships now. And, and for me, like I'm new to Canada, so I don't really have any friends here. And, you know, I went to Harvard and I do have a lot of friends in the US in any city I go to, like I can just call people be like, hey, like let's, you know, get coffee or whatever. But in Canada, I didn't have that. And now I do. And so I have my little like amazing race family that I get to call on and be a part of. But the experience has been incredible. And I'd say the most rewarding part is like being able to do this. Like I feel like a mother goose and I'm like, oh my God, my little hands are just, <laughs> you know, all my little geese are just ready to fly. And I just, I feel so blessed that I get to share my story with you and that I get to share my story with Native people. Cause like, you know, we don't get to share our story a lot. Like people just overlook us and they ignore us. And like, if I have to be the one, if we have to be the one to go out and do talks and build awareness and have conversations like this so that you can go to your elders and be like, hey, like we wanna have two-spirit representation and we want these things. Like I'm willing to do that because the payout is that you're gonna have a better life. You know, the people in your communities that you're working with are gonna have a better life. And I'm just so grateful and feel blessed that like I was granted this opportunity. And that's how I always feel about it. Like people be like, oh, you're celebrities. I'm like, no, I'm just a human like who was on TV and I'm using it as an opportunity to like spread love and joy. And so that's just like my perspective on it. And, um, but yeah, who doesn't want to bungee jump and, you know, <laughs> remember the Nanaimo bar recipe. <laughs> like, so that's, it was an amazing experience. And like, for all of you, if there's ever an opportunity like that, you know, take it, take, mm -hmm. take an opportunity, take a risk. It's like James posed in that magazine thinking if I pose in this magazine, who's going to see it and what's going to happen. And then like, I randomly messaged him, not trying to be like, yo, what's up? Like I live in Brooklyn, but I was just literally like, okay. I don't know about two spirit stuff. And I saw your quote and it worked. And like, we took a risk and went on the amazing race and we won. And now we get to have really important conversations. So you never know what's going to happen. You don't know if you don't try. And, uh, and when you do try and win, it's really fun. I think 
one of the funny things about winning is that we realized our largest fan base aside from like native people are like older 40s plus year old white women and like they just are like oh my god it's you and like sometimes younger people like you guys will come up to us and we're like they'll be like oh my god a young person's coming <laughs> and then they'll be like my grandma loves you yeah <laughs> So it, it's fun to know that, like, you know, that kind of stuff happens. But because that's our fan base, he's always like, I'm going to go to Costco now. I'm just like, <laughs> get recognized. Right. No. No, he doesn't do that. <laughs> well, I want you guys to know that we love you guys as well. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much we for sharing you your stories. You guys are inspiring to us all. So representation is important and thank you for like opening up those doors and you know allowing us and joining us today for allowing us to have this conversation we can move forward in life so again miigwech thank you so much um so send us your podcast and we'll share it yeah. oh yeah we will we'll we'll run things through you before we publish it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. call my agent no, I'm just <laughs> yeah. um so does anybody have any qu more questions before we close off today can, can i say something of course it's not more of a question but like a statement i guess but i have a lot of strong goals in life that i don't think i'm gonna achieve but you guys being on tv really showed me that i can do so many things and um I'm gonna pretty much do the same things you guys are doing, but for widower kids <laughs> or people around my age, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, really, really trying to change people's perspectives and stuff. And I, I'm really happy that you guys are achieving that also. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you can achieve your goals. Yes. Write them all down. Vision board. Like vision boards yeah, are so Vision important. boards work. Yeah. Like, work. We hope you enjoyed the following audio stories and teachings. Miigwech for tuning in. Hey, hey.